Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi there, it's Tom Dark, not Stab, here. Just popping up with a little end-of-year bonus for you. We thought it would be a good time to revisit the interviews we've had with other Partridge cast members over the years, especially if you've only just discovered us because of From the Oast House or from this year's chats with Tim Key and Susanna Fielding. No need to take up any more of your time with this intro to the intro really, so I'll hand you over now to Adam of the Past as we journey back to Monkey Tennis from December 2017. Over to you, Adam. Hello there, treasured and beloved Monkey Tennis listener. It's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just to say that we're coming to the end of our uh, episodes for 2017, but I think we might have saved the best for last. Uh, thank you so much if you've been listening throughout what's been our longest ever series as we tackled iPartridge, a little bit of mid-morning matters, and knowing me, knowing you. Uh, but this is the big one. We finally got a, a member of the cast to come and join us live on stage. And whilst we've heard from uh, several people involved in the making of uh, I'm Alan Partridge and all the Alan Partridge projects. It's the first time we've had one come and join us. So a huge thank you to Mr. Simon Greenall, who came along to the Prince Charles Cinema in front of a live audience and uh, gamely answered all the questions we flung at him about Alan. Uh, we also learned a lot about Admiral Nelson, which you'll uh, you'll hear shortly. Uh, just so that makes a bit more sense. Uh, there was obviously some chat in the uh, Knowing Me, Knowing Yule section about various historical figures and their disfigurements, uh, which Simon picked up as he uh, came on stage. Uh, so that's about it. 
Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed Monkey Tennis, please do rate and subscribe uh, on iTunes. Uh, the more five-star reviews we get, the more people uh, we can end up in front of. Uh, it really is that simple. So thanks if you've already reviewed us. And if you haven't, please do go and pop one in. Um, so here we go. The final episode of the year. Simon Greenall, Michael the Geordie, live on stage at the Prince Charles Cinema. A ho, ho, ho. Monkey Tennis? It's knowing me, knowing you, with Alan Partridge. And Christ. Monkey Tennis? Please, please don't take my chat away from me. The crackers on fire above the pool! Monkey Tennis? My house is open, my mock-up house. Monkey Tennis? That is, that is a very nice action. Oh, pardon. Monkey Tennis? 300k. 300k, I will take it to Sky. Three years ago, hobnobs were probably the number one biscuit. Tennis. Anyway, that's the end of our, uh, our our dissection and discussion and celebration of knowing me, knowing you. Uh, it's time to introduce tonight's very special guest. Um, I'm ex- I'm equally excited and scared. Scared because this is probably one of the few people that can. Uh, debunk all of our theories. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long he's been here for um, if he's like going, you guys yeah. are talking absolute yeah, bullshit. Yeah. It's quite possible. But also very excited because uh, he has over 130 credits on IMDb to his name and is a celebrated actor, writer and uh, a voice actor as well. Um, but unfortunately for him, we're mainly here to talk about just one of those credits. Um, he's been uh, many people over the course of his acting career, but most importantly to us, nose picking, peer jumping, Bob Dylan lookalike seducing, radio station security guard, hotel dog's body, BP garage attendant and general work Geordie Michael. Please welcome Mr. Simon Greenall. Aha! That's not even my catchphrase. (laughs) My catchphrase is, oh no, I sat on the bastard. (laughs) After 30 years in show business, I get that. Uh (laughs) What a legacy. Hands up who likes Alan Partridge. (laughs) Not every hand going up here, quite interestingly. (laughs) Have you guys gone to the wrong room? (laughs) Hands up who's got a girlfriend. (laughs) That's usually about right. (laughs) Good evening. Hello. So, Hi, Simon. Hello. Thanks for it's coming. a pleasure to meet you on this very stage. Um, yeah, you'll, uh, let's, let's see if it's a pleasure to meet me as it goes on. <laughs> well, I'm going to start with, uh, with a big and pressing question, and we're going to work our way down. We've all got a couple of questions for you. Um, uh, actually, uh, Lord Nelson, he, he, he was blinded in his eye. He wasn't, he wasn't blind in one eye. He was blinded in one eye. Shot in the eye That's, or something yeah. like that. He lost his right hand, his, his right arm. There we because go. Because when he swore the oath to be made a lord... Uh, the usher said, "Would you place your right arm, right hand, on the Bible, my lord?" So he put his left hand on, and he said, "No, sorry, my lord, your right arm." He said, "I'm sorry, that in Tenerife." <laughs> <laughs> and it's there. It's in. Um, it's in. Um, what's the capital of Tenerife? Oh come on! It's in the north. Top crowd. I think it's San Juan. San Juan in the north of Tenerife. Uh, you, you can see Nelson's arm bone. I expected to learn a lot of things tonight, but that was not. <laughs> no, that was not on the list. That was not also, on the list. also, Napoleon. Napoleon was actually quite tall. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was British propaganda that made him short. Ah. He was actually he was, he was, he was slightly above average height for the time. You see, now you're learning stuff. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Didn't get actually, that actually, stuff. Nelson, you're learning Nelson more stuff. Nelson was a bit of a short ass. If you, if you look at Nelson, Nelson's uh, uniform, which you can at Greenwich, he's actually quite small. My goodness. Yeah, there I we like are. it. Let's keep it light. Let's uh-huh. keep it light. We'll maybe come back to that in a bit. Well, I have to start with, with, with probably the of most... Of course, Nelson being the great reforming advocate. <laughs> <laughs> well, he brings in... He bring, he bring, well, because most mutinies, most mutinies are to do with um, uh, 
food and conditions in the in the fleet, and there had been a very big mutiny. You're listening uh, to the Mutiny Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So Nelson brings in reformers. He's a great reforming admiral. Uh, He brings in the standardised plate because most most. So do we get the feeling that Simon doesn't want to talk about Michael the Jordan? (laughs) I don't know. More importantly, can we? But also the 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 standard. The standard, the standard naval plate of the period is where we get the expression a square meal from because the plates were square yeah. so they wouldn't roll about. I did they actually know that, a, yeah. They also had a circular indentation and the edge was called the fiddle. And if somebody had more food, they were on the fiddle. That's where those two expressions come from. Can we do a spin-off podcast where you just teach me about history? <laughs> I, I would turn up for that every week. Um, I have to ask a... Uh, uh, Toe the line, and there's another one. <laughs> Toe the line, because <laughs> sailors were barefoot. Sailors were barefoot and they had to come to a line. They had to come to a line to get paid. And if you hadn't behaved, you wouldn't get paid, so you had to toe the line. Is Michael dead? Is Michael dead? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, good night. <laughs> oh. Yes, he is. Well, that, that, that's because that, there was some ambiguity. He, he was never found. Of course, when Nelson film. died, <laughs> he was sent home in a butt of Malmsey. He was, he, they, they put him in a, in a, in a, a big vat of wine. And he died at sea like Megatron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel rude for interrupting now. No, I don't know what I don't know what to do. If you, if you could, if you could actually put your hands up, it would help. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to start. You we're going to start with. We're going to work our way down the table. Uh, <laughs> see, I was worried this would look too much like Simon was here for a job interview, but now it looks like we're at school. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, when, when did you first know Michael was going to be? You like to be punished. <laughs> Come back to that later. <laughs> Are you going to shit in a box and give it to me? <laughs> uh, when did you first know the Michael was going to be an alpha papa? Uh, was it decided right from the off? What, what? When, when was it decided that Michael would be part of alpha papa? Was that, do you know if that was right from the off? Or did I have they no just, idea. Just gave you a call and said... No idea. Next go. question. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, um, there, was, there was talk about a film, and then... And then this, then it, well, there was, there was talk for a long time about a film. Then Steve was doing various different projects, and then it um, it became kind of much firmer. And then they said, "Yeah, there's going to be a movie, and are you available for the early part of 2000 or whatever it was?" Okay. So, yeah. Was the uh, the decision of Michael's death? Were you told this is the end, or did you decide I'd rather not continue? Uh, no, no nothing to do with me. Um, uh, no, it was only that he jumped off the pier. It was only that he jumped off the pier. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I thought that was a survivable jump, but apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> well, because well, what happened with that was we did it. We did it on Chroma Pier uh, yeah. in January. It was minus eleven. Because if it had been minus, if it had been minus thirteen, we wouldn't have had to go to work. We would have had the day off. That's annoying. It was minus eleven, and I did the jump off the pier thing, and I, I was going to do it, and then they said, no, no, we're going to get stuntman. Stuntman's going to do it, so fine. Stuntman did it, and then I went back to do ADR, which is a uh, additional dialogue recording. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, can I look at the bit where I jump off the pier? They said, well, I haven't really got time. I said, oh, please, can I look at the bit? Of the I said, all right. So they showed me the bit where I jumped off the pier, and it was silent. I said, oh, can I just stick something on? Can I just stick one thing on? They go, look, we're running out of time. I said, please, just let me stick one piece on this. I said, all right, we're going to run it once. I'm like, okay. I said, oh, shit. Take <laughs> <laughs> it. And what it is, is, is that... It's that Michael, Michael hasn't thought it through. Michael hasn't put that through. <laughs> it's completely impulsive. Yeah. It's spontaneous. His oh, shit. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't mean but to see, do this. There was, a, there was another bit in the movie where, where Steve, but Steve has got this very... He's got a gift of just putting the cherry on the top. There's a bit where I'm driving the uh, radio van. I have to drive the radio van through the police. 
And they said, oh, just, just do something. And Steve said, just, just, just do something. Just think of something. So we're driving along. I thought, oh, no. So I went, uh, hey, coppers, I've got knee tax, knee insurance. I'm not wearing a seatbelt. And Steve said, yeah, let's do it again. But at the end, say, what are you going to do about it this time? Because that suggests, that suggests that he's done it before. Yeah. <laughs> Which is genius. And that's what makes that funny. That's what makes it really funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, think, I think Michael was criminally underused in the film. I think he could have been used Wait, but, but a lot, you can't, lot more. You can't, you can't have too much of him. I agree with because that. Because he's, but he's I think a peripheral even, character. Yeah. And he, and he tends to be... He tends to be a bit larger than, larger than life and a bit, a bit slapstick and a bit, and a bit unpredictable. You think so, t- too much would detract from the realism of the, uh, the film? <laughs> <laughs> I was being serious. Uh, yeah, well, he, he, might, he might skewer the plot. You never know what he's going to do. Very true, very true. But yeah, a lot of people said, oh, Michael wasn't in it enough, but it was, it was fine by me because I could go and do other work. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we did all agree that I think Michael gets a lot of the best moments in that film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the good payoffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was one thing, when we were looking at uh, uh, earlier series and I'm Alan Partridge and, 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 and Know Me Knowing You, there were some references in the commentary and things to a lot of it being quite a rushed writing experience a filming experience people in the back of cars feeding lines and things like that yeah. was the film very different or was no, the it the film was worse <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve had just come from he'd just come from uh, doing Philomena oh of course so he was kind of in a different place in his head and um, it was very cold and very difficult it always is uh, and we had a lot of we had a lot of um, actors coming in who, who had learnt the script and the problem then is that we then go, yeah, let's not do that. Let's do something else. <laughs> and they tend to go, I've learnt it. I've learnt these words. <laughs> go, yeah, well, yeah, well done. We're not doing them. <laughs> uh, and so, the, so people were getting a little bit freaky. Okay. Also, I think what had happened was that uh, in the early bits of shooting, Steve was working with people that he didn't know, which is not, is not a problem, but he, he prefers to, especially as it's, all, as it's improvised, he prefers to work with people who he knows he can bully. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's a reference in I don't know if it's in the commentary or if it was an interview he gave where, where Cole Meany was saying well I, I'm not sure about this line I don't know if it's true to, uh, to Pat Farrell and, and Steve was kind of like well it needs to be funny though so yeah. <laughs> there, is, there is that well Cole Meany did uh, he did very good furious look he did that a lot mm-hmm. he just oh, sit yeah. there glowering and people really going, incredulous sorry Cole <clears throat> we've had a <clears throat> we've had a rewrite <laughs> right show me the rewrite <laughs> um, so if you don't mind just take it back to kind of uh, Mike, Michael's origins and then we'll, we'll get to Nelson after that good um, so yeah just to kind of take it right back to the start in a way yep. um, so I think Steve Coogan has mentioned that uh, on quite a few occasions that uh that you gave him his first break in comedy. So how did you guys first meet? How, and how did that break come about? That's very, uh, that's, that's very, very generous of him. Um, we, were, we were at drama school together. Right, I, was, I right. was in the third year, he was in the first year. And I had a, I had a, um, a radio show on BBC, BBC Radio Manchester right. called The Buzz, which was a student radio show, which was dire. It was absolutely dire. <laughs> and we went on and did uh, bits of sketches and comedy and stuff like that. But it was a, a great opportunity to go and eat in the BBC subsidised canteen, uh, steal stationery, and trying to get off with BBC girls. Um, so we did a lot of that. Uh, and uh, Steve Steve came and did some sketches, and he was brilliant. He was really brilliant. Oh, okay. And actually, he he introduced a character that he'd um, come up with called Dave Lippard, who was a who was a presenter. Who was a who was a who was a terrible presenter? So like an so early, an early yeah, incarnation, a very perhaps. very very early incarnation of Partridge. Okay, mm. so I guess you guys obviously remain 
remained friends up to the kind of I'm Alan Partridge years. So then, did he offer you the, the Michael Parks straight no, away? I, 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 I had not seen, seen him. I'd, I'd seen him briefly since the end of college, and it was like, mm. oh, no, um, ten years later, um, I, I think I bumped into him maybe once. Um, but I, he 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 didn't know that I was coming in for the part. Oh, okay. I, I, I came in for the audition absolutely stone cold, and with it being uh, Amanda, it was you know properly prepared. Yeah, uh, the character was called Michael, and he worked in a hotel. That was it. That was all you had. <laughs> uh, no, hang on. He was called Michael. He worked in the hotel, and he got on with Alan. That was that was the the sum total of Amanda's bloody preparation for the character. Yeah. Um, so I knew that Steve would like the army stuff. So so I made him. Uh, army, and I was gonna, I was gonna make Yorkshire on the day. I thought I'll make him Yorkshire, you know, a big Yorkshire bastard. <laughs> All right, Mister Partridge, like that, you know. Yeah. But uh, in the morning, I've been doing a voiceover for a Geordie character, so I thought I'd make him Geordie. <laughs> but uh, when I did him originally, he spoke like he was quite nice and clear, and uh, you know, I knew you could understand him. But uh, and but his mic didn't keep cutting out, <laughs> uh, like he was going through a tunnel. Uh, can you hear me now? So, uh, so, so, last last minute decision. I made him Geordie. Uh, I made him ex army, which I knew Steve would like. Um, and it was just to go on tape. There was the, Amanda wasn't there. It was just a, a, a casting assistant. Uh, and so you were kind of given free reign to do whatever you wanted with that. Do whatever you want. You had a uh, name, and that was about it. <laughs> and they said, uh, okay. they said, um, uh, what do what do you what do you like about working at the hotel? Uh, and so you had to improvise. I said, I, I like, I like, oh, I like the lassies and I like the food. Uh, and they said, what do you hate about working at the hotel? And I said, uh, well, when we'll make the full English breakfast, we'll put it all out in the trays and that, and it looks lovely. And then folk come in and they just ruin it. <laughs> so I think that might have tipped it. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was Amanda's idea to make him unintelligible, to make him really... Strong Geordie. Nick, you're up. Questions? Uh, I didn't realise we, we were doing it like this, so... Um, <laughs> you don't have, you so, don't have to yeah, take part, it's, it's fine. Finish. No, 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 no. So, did you... Did you stay... Yeah. Uh, put, your hand hand up. Up. put your hand up, oh, Nick, I'm come sorry. on. Yeah. There we go. This is Nick. Hi, Nick. Hello. <laughs> uh, did you stay in uh, character as Michael, kind of between, between takes? Did you take it that seriously, or... Fuck what? off! <laughs> <laughs> He's done you. Yeah. But, but that's what Steve that's what Steve does with Alan's stuff, right? That's kind of what yeah. we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> different approach different approaches, that's fair enough. Yeah, well yeah, he 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 does. But he's he you know, he's carrying the whole thing. He's carrying the whole show. He's 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 in the zone and he's and he drives the improvisation. You don't you tend not to you don't drive the improvisation. You you stay back and you wait for what he does, and then you respond. So it's so it's reacting. It's reacting as opposed to acting. Um, so so you so you wait to see what he, what he does. Uh, but also the, the 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 great thing that he does is that, that there's nothing you can do that will throw him. Anything you do, there's nothing. Nothing's out of bounds. There's there's a story that I've told before about um, when we did the scene uh, at the party at the end with the, the black beauty party in, in his room. <laughs> We had to come in and we had to, re- we had to because it's Amanda, it's chaotic. We had to come in and we had to rehearse on uh, uh, August Bank Holiday, Monday. And I was really pissed off because I, I think I, was, I planned to do something. But we had to all go in and do more bloody revi- um, um, improvisation. So we were all in this room. It was very, very hot. We were getting nowhere with the party scene. 
And I thought, oh, what I'll do, I'll just, I'll just chuck a sort of like a verbal hand grenade in here. And I was talking to Kevin Eldon's character, and I said, oh, so where do you live? He said, oh, I, I live in London. I said, all right, does all the blackies not bother you? <laughs> <laughs> Which just just to kind of me, I thought oh, let's say that, you know something will happen. It just makes something happen. It's, you need a you need a you need a piece of grit to make a pearl. Um, which got so, transferred to his line. Which got transferred to him. <laughs> Kevin Eldon wasn't that pleased, but um, <laughs> I was going to yeah. say it's one of the most caustic things I think he's ever said in any character. <laughs> yeah. What was um, in terms of like the sense uh, after it had wrapped and it had been broadcast? What was the the feeling in terms of how it had been received and the longevity that it might have? Um, well, we didn't we didn't know we didn't know if it was funny or not. It's it's that thing where you've you've been so close to it, it's difficult to know is it funny anymore because you because you've hammered away at the anvil of pain trying to get it to work, trying to make it work, and you're, you're improvising and you're changing. It's constantly changing, and the moment was when. It's, it's what I call showing it to the mums and dads. On a, if, you, if you're recording on a Friday, on a Thursday, late lunchtime, the techies come in, the cameras come in, um, uh, and everybody else, lighting, or they all come in, and they watch the stagger through of what you've done that week. And they laughed. And normally that lot never laugh at anything. They're like Easter Island. Like job done by that point. They're like Easter happening. Island yeah. statues. And we thought, oh, wow, they're laughing. And that was it. And then the, and then the audience laughed. And then the next recording... The green room was full of famous people. <laughs> like Mick Hucknall, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> it, was full, it was full of uh, BBC execs and stuff. I thought, yeah. oh, all right, okay, this is a thing. This, is good. this could be something. Yeah. Uh, what are your kind of uh, either favourite episodes or, or moments from uh, the series? I think the moment of genius is the sex in the dark. Yeah, it's, it's because it, because it's, it's very it's very daring. It's it's, it's almost it's, it's almost like radio, and it's to dare to do no picture. There's no picture. It's just completely black, um, and and it's also it's also it's it's in our minds. We have we have to imagine what's happening as to whether she would like him to speed up or not, <laughs> or, or indeed move on to the other or one. Or indeed to move on to the other one. So so I mean that that's I mean you you've you, you'd never seen that before in a sitcom. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> oh, to put my hand up. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at the end. Hello. Uh, that leads on quite nicely to uh, the next question. Uh, one of my favourite bits, uh, or the bit that makes me laugh, isn't actually in the e- series. It's a, it's an extra where you and Steve are corpsing because of that bit when you've got the where he's got the chocolate mousse on his yep. face. Was that the hardest scene to film in terms of corpsing? Or were there any others that? that well, no, because every, everybody says, "Oh, it must have been. It must have been. You must have been laughing all the time." We weren't. It, it was miserable. It's hard. <laughs> And, and and I think it's it, for me it's the acid test of a comedy. If 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 actors say we had such a laugh making it, you think right that's not funny then. <laughs> um, it's it's got to be hard. It's got to be tough. And there, there was no corpsing or laughing. We didn't. Nobody went because because we were we were constantly running out of time. So the pressure was on us to not dick about. Mm. And in that scene, it it looks like I laugh first because the camera's on me. And I and he and Steve went first, but fortunately the camera wasn't on him, <laughs> so it looks like I go first, but he went first. There we go. Now we know the truth behind now that. Now we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I think we're quite nice to know. What do you think it is about Michael that's kind of endeared him to so many people, and you know, given this character, so many people love. Um, he's he has a kind of innocence, I suppose, uh, a, a stupidity, <laughs> um, a kind of unearthly wisdom. Um, <laughs> No, he's like a he's like a big sort of daft dog, really. <laughs> that could turn vicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is something that we've debated quite a bit as well, the relationship between Michael um, and Lynn. Um, are they friends? Are they not friends? What would you say? I mean, well, I think there's, there's, there's a kind of a... There's a, sort of, there's a sort of a love triangle going on. <laughs> that, that, that They're both jealous of their time with Alan and Alan's mm. attention. So there's a lot of that going on. And also, she's quite posh and quite correct and really would um, sort of frown on everything that Michael does. Because there was a bit where, in the, in the movie, it didn't go in in the end. Well, it did, sort of. But I had to come out to the front of the radio station and Lynn was going to come up the steps. So I came out and I thought, oh, Lynn's coming towards me. I thought, I know what I'll do. So I put my fingers on my nose and blew the snot out my nose like that <laughs> as she came up the steps. And she did a brilliant look as she went past me. And then, and then Alan come, and then I, then I did that. Then Alan comes up and Steve shook my hand. Because <laughs> 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 I found that was another touch of genius. That he, he, just, he says, hello, Michael. <laughs> oh, hi, hi. <laughs> um, but it's that thing where, where Lynn is horrified and disgusted by Michael and, and, and obviously thinks she's a bad influence on Alan. And, and Michael just sees her as a, an interfering old budger. <laughs> <laughs> On the DVD commentary, uh, I think it's Amanda and, and uh, it might be Steve, I'm not sure, were, were suggesting that Michael may not have actually been in the army and that the entire yeah. thing is a fabrication. Yes. <laughs> Did that come up much? No, it didn't come up at the time, uh, but I think it's really funny. It's really funny because I think in the book it says we've searched every regiment in the British army. Yeah. Yes. We can find yeah. no trace of him. <laughs> and I actually, I, I, I went back once I'd seen that on the commentary and, and sort of looked at a lot of, a lot of the army in quotation mark references and I did think, these could all be feasibly made up. There's nothing in there that sounds like absolute specialist information. Yeah, they're, 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 they're knowledgeable enough. Yeah. I mean, if he'd been in Nelson's Navy, it'd be a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Tell so us more. We're <laughs> about there again. Yeah. Was, was Michael being in the army then your 
like yeah, it's my, it's my, it's my yeah. invention. Yeah, yeah. Um, because also it gets well. It, um, Amanda added the, the 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 twitching and stuff and the sort of PTSD <laughs> kind of element, which I, would I, indicate I, he has <laughs> been in the army. Thinking about it, yeah. I, I, but the, the reason that I chose the army was that I used to work for a builders merchant, and our drivers were all ex-army. Mm. And unless you told them exactly what to do. And in what sequence, they would just be gone. And, you know, you'd be going, where is he? It's seven o'clock at night and he's still not back. Um, in a lay-by. <laughs> because you didn't say, don't go in the lay-by. <laughs> um, obviously, we're, we're, we're all here kind of, you know, ultimately kind of celebrating uh, Alan. I'm sure most of us watch it quite regularly. But obviously being part of it, do you find that, you know, you, you have obviously a very different relationship with it? Um, is it something like, you know, if the book comes out, you'll read it? Or do you, do you still watch it? What's your kind of relationship with it now? Um, no, I don't really uh, have an awful lot to do with it. I, I do, I do um, partridge evenings. I do. I host some quizzes, uh, which makes you about to stop because <laughs> because it's a bit weird. It's a bit odd. And then you get asked to come and do things like this yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. We've, we've caught your toys in time. It is a little bit like um, oh, my mum thinks you're great, and uh, I remember you when I was doing my O levels. It's stuff like that, and you think, okay, what else have I done in twenty five years? Uh, it's a little bit of. Uh, uh, living off your past, which I, I don't particularly like, but the, the quizzes are good fun. Mm. They're, they're funny, um, and then the, the level of knowledge is unbelievable. Uh, we were doing one at the Moth Club in uh, Hackney, yeah. and the, we had a tiebreaker situation. And the tie, the tie, two te- so two teams come on stage, mostly chaps like you. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's not a compliment, by the way. Athletic, yeah. well travelled. <laughs> like a team of five and a team of six. The tiebreaker question was: What price was the Sunday roast dinner as you drive into the Linton Travel Tavern. Ooh. This, this, this guy put his hand up. I've got no fucking idea. Uh, no, well, no. This, this guy put his hand up. I said, no, hang on, think about it. He said, no, I know. <laughs> I said, you can't know. He said, I do, I know. I said, all right, then what? He said, £4.20. And uh, so, I, so I, I, I turned to the guy running the quiz and went, he's bloody right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's a passing, it's a, it's, it just, it wipes across frame. Yeah. But yeah, their the level of knowledge is unbelievable. And it's been, a, uh, it's been a topic on Mastermind and Celebrity Mastermind as well. So yeah, which uh, is it runs weird. Yeah. But we did, we did a, uh, we did a, they had a partridge weekend in Manchester. There's not an awful lot to do oh, in yeah. Manchester. They had, a, <laughs> they had a partridge weekend and they had the car. They, they went and bought oh, right. the Rover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They bought it and, and, and did the spray paint down the side. I mean, we've talked about doing that, but we were never really going to do it, I think is the difference there. Uh, 50 quid's 50 quid, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, would you say it's fair to say that whilst Alan has uh, progressed and evolved, especially from the series to the film, that, that Michael is a constant, that he hasn't, that there's, there's, there's not as much or any development in terms of well, what he's up to? Yeah, Michael, Michael as a character hasn't really got the the scope to move on he's always going to be in a, in a menial job isn't he I, I mean I, I thought at one point I thought, what would it be like if Michael won the lottery or something like that um, and then had, had lots of money and then blew it or something I don't know but would watch <laughs> yeah can we get that spin-off <laughs> yeah, show commission let's bring him back from the dead but no I, I think he's I think he's his, his, his status is such that that's as about as far as he's ever going to go. Mm. Anyway, he's dead now, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally as far but as he's Well, have, have you read uh, Nomad, the most recent book? Because in that, there's a section where Alan's trying to write a coded message to Michael in case he's not dead. So I think maybe he's not written off. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you feel the same, that's fine. And Tom, and Tom I'm sure you'd know best. Sorry. Really? <laughs> 
trying to get a, trying yeah. to get a scoop. Let's let you can edit this bit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we heard that in in commentaries that you were you would take part in boxing matches between shooting days. Oh uh, yeah, I got smacked right in the eye just before uh, a, a recording. They have to layer the makeup on. Yeah. I'd, what happened was uh, they 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 changed the schedule, and I had a fight that I couldn't get out of. Um, it was a pub. <laughs> no, it was a it was a, it was a boxing match, and um, and I, and, I, and so I went. It was on. I think it was on Thursday night. Yeah, it was a Thursday night. It was a three rounder, and I went. And I thought, okay, I'll I'll just I'll I'll duck. I'll stay off. I'll stay off. I'll stay off. And I was doing quite well. And I just came in and caught a left, which hit me square in the right eye, and my like eye came up and went black. So I I, I managed to get it down with some um, um, oh, uh, arnica. Some arnica brought it down and some ice, but it was still black. But then I, I ducked in on the day of recording and went straight into makeup. And they went, oh, what the... I said, please, no, don't mention this. <laughs> what can we do? What can we do? So they, 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 they coloured it out. But, I mean, it's, it's something that Michael would turn up with a black eye anyway. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's entirely fitting. plausible. It is fitting, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we're, we're almost running to the end. We're running out of yeah. time, unfortunately. Oh, really? Am I... This mic is on, is it? Um, we were going to... Hello? <laughs> I was going to be a roving reporter and walk into the audience to see if anyone had any questions yeah, that they on, wanted who was to... Ask a question. But I don't anybody? Yeah, anybody? anybody wants to shout out... You can shout out and we'll repeat it online. About yeah. Nelson? There was a chap over there. Ah. How much of, of the it. Apache helicopter? Uh, all of it, device. apart from um, apart from who's um, who's Tom Donaldson? That was Peter Bainham. <laughs> <laughs> but other, other than that, it was mine. Uh, Peter, Peter, Peter Bainham said uh, uh, right at the end, said, uh, "Who's Tom Donaldson?" <laughs> just just admit. Uh, <laughs> we, we've had a, we had a question emailed in actually as well from uh, Rob Dinsey, who I think might be here tonight. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Um, so Rob asks. Uh, I'm going to read it out, Rob, even though you're here, so cheers. Uh, given that Hollywood will reboot anything these days, it can't be long before we get to see a Michael the Geordie origin story. Uh, <laughs> so who would you like to see play the younger Michael, and what traumatic events would it portray to lead up to employment, his employment at the Linton Travel Tavern? Oh, Good questions, Rob. Uh, okay, who's going to play the younger Michael? I don't know. I don't know any young actors. <laughs> Funnily enough, I don't really like young, funny actors. Um, uh, I don't know who would play me. Um... I don't know. Um, any audience suggestions, maybe? Yeah, somebody. Uh, uh, any. <laughs> <laughs> Lord or Mandela? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but the early life of Michael. Yeah, might be might be interesting because he would he would have been in he would have been in Northern Ireland and he would have been potentially in the first Gulf War. Um, would he? No. It would have been in Northern Ireland, so it could be good. <laughs> Again, Woodwatch. <laughs> Coming to a screen near you soon. I, I feel like we should probably uh, end by asking your favourite historical fact or story. <laughs> it seems only fair to finish as we began. Uh, or is there any um, possibility, opportunity, chance that we'll ever see Michael again? Or do you think that um, he's consigned to the... I don't uh, the know, because... The, the, well, you know, it's the, Steve's doing a new series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but which is which is kind of a, a take on the one show. I, th- I think yeah. is the mm-hmm. is the line that they're going for. Yeah, and I can't I can't see a place for Michael in that. So I'd love uh, to see him as a raving reporter. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael is yeah. the man on the street. Yeah. yeah. The only way I could imagine it is if it was a setup similar to the to the Larry Sanders show or something where it's a bit in front of the camera and a bit behind it. But I don't know if that's what they're going for. <laughs> well, the idea of Michael being a roving reporter would have been ridiculous 20 years ago. But now, with all the speech impediments <laughs> that there are on uh, live broadcasts, I'm sure it'd be absolutely fine. <laughs> Coming to a rolling news channel near <laughs> you soon. Um, okay, so, yeah, but then, then any more questions? Any more questions that you want to shout out? Right at the back, right back. At the back. you're going to have to shout loud. Oh, yeah. What was Great going question. on in Michael's house? Yeah, what was the, going on in Michael's house? The well, housemates, the spoon. So around the cover beans. The cover well, beans. It's, it's, it was one of those houses that you go straight in. There's no, there's no porch or hall. You go straight into the front room. Um, and it's one of those houses where um, kind of dispatch riders and builders live. And it was, it was in Norwich. And um, it was a really scary place. Really scary little bit of Norwich. Um, who are you fucking looking at? There's a lot of that. Um <laughs> But, but Michael, Michael was watching telly, wasn't he? He was, he was watching a, a, a program about the triads. Um, yes. Yeah. And, the, and yeah. the big, the big guy—I don't know who the big guy was. He just came out the house. No <laughs> it, might, it might have been his house. But I think it was near a, pl- a pub called the Plasterers Arms, which is always, you know, a good sign. <laughs> so oh, look, there's a pub called the Plasterers Arms. I bet it's lovely. Yeah, pop in there for a pint. Sounds wonderful. Uh, any, any more in the room? One at the front. Got the front. Would you do a Michael and Tex roadshow? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a there's a bit with Tex that was cut out because um, Tex uh, he likes all American things. It was that, <laughs> and uh, there's a there's a bit there's a bit that didn't make the cut where uh, uh, Alan said, "So, uh, what's your, what's your favourite state?" He said, "Well, it's it's Texas." <laughs> he said, "Michael, what's your favourite state?" Pissed. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it didn't make it. Oh, that's amazing. I think also also in that episode, there was another bit that didn't make it. was was uh, an argument between Michael and Alan Partridge about whether I had or hadn't ever seen News at 10. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen News at 10? I've never seen it. You know, you must have seen News at 10. I've never seen it. <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't make it either. Oh, man. Well, any other questions any before others? we wrap up? Oh, you know how to go busy for man? Oh, hey. So make a special. I'll have put a sausage in there. <laughs> uh, Favourite historical uh, fact or educate us? Educate us. Anything else we should know, yeah. yeah. Um, from history. Oh, the origin of laughing your head off, which we've Ooh. been doing tonight. Uh, uh, you're so kind. You're so kind. The last man, the last man to be beheaded in Britain uh, was the Earl of... the Duke of Athol, the Earl, Earl Fraser. And he was a Jacobite, and he was going to be beheaded, and... It drew a very big crowd. A lot of people wanted to come and see it. They sold a lot of tickets. So they had to build an extra platform and an extra uh, area for people to stand and watch him being beheaded. And as he came out, this platform collapsed. A lot of people were killed and a lot of people were injured and their feet were sticking at the wrong angle and stuff like that, uh, which made him laugh like a drain. Even as he leant down to have his head chopped off, he was still laughing <laughs> at the people who'd come to watch him get his head chopped off and had been injured or killed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and on that bombshell... And on that bombshell... <laughs>
Uh, I think we've got one thing left to ask you. Yes. If you would, uh, oh, here we go. We'd love for you to pull all this giant cracker with us for oh, Christmas. Oh, sure. Marking the official start of Christmas. Uh, okay. Oh my goodness, it's very unwieldy. I don't know if we I think we should just leave it to you two. This is oh, going to yeah. be too. We're there by proxy. Uh, yeah. There we go. Right. Let okay, the no, large countdown. Hang on, the jokes, the jokes just fluttered out. It's <laughs> uh, a metaphor for my okay, life. Do you, do you guys want to get the countdown for the. So look. Oh, here we go. I've got my specs. Why did the cracker joke writer give up writing cracker jokes? Because he thought it was beneath him. It wasn't what he trained for. There was a pointlessness to the whole thing. What's the point of this? I had serious ambitions and wanted to write my first novel. <laughs> oh, the despair, the emptiness, the hollow, hollow emptiness. Nice. Good, isn't it? Oh. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, do you guys want to give family? a countdown for the giant cracker pool? Oh, yeah. Uh, please, do, please, please do count down from three to one, if you would. Okay. Three, three, two, one. <laughs> and on that bombshell, it's the end of Monkey Tennis Live. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you us. very much. Thank you so much to Thank Simon for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you and good night. Thank you, gentlemen. Good night. Thank you. So there you go. The man, the myth, the Michael. Thanks once again to Simon Greenall for donating his time to the Monkey Tennis cause, coming and sticking around afterwards to get photos with as many uh, Alan aficionados as possible. Uh, we had a fantastic time. Thank you so much if you came down to that show too. Um, so that's it for us for 2017, but there is a bit more Alan for you before the year's out. Don't forget that there is a special anniversary uh, documentary about Alan Partridge with many familiar faces. It's going to be on BBC Two um, and it's on the 27th of December at 9pm. So uh, do check that one out. Uh, several of Team Monkey Tennis will be tuning in. Maybe we'll even tweet along live. Who knows? Uh, speaking of which, we're on Twitter, obviously, at The Partridge Pod, um, Facebook.com, uh, sorry, Facebook.com slash The Partridge Pod, uh, The Partridge Pod at gmail.com, or Instagram, it's Monkey Tennis Pod. Uh, just once more to say thanks so much to everyone who's listened, subscribed, tweeted, emailed. Uh, berated and uh, confused us this year. Um, we started this just a bit of fun. It's uh, so heartening and uh, and we have such a good time putting it together. So thank you so much if you've listened this year. Uh, please do recommend us to uh, Alan-inclined uh, friends as well. Uh, we're always on the lookout for more listeners. And it's fair to say that we will be back in 2018 uh, tackling more of Alan's projects, potentially uh, doing a lot of mid-morning matters, looking at the specials, and obviously there are those rumblings of a brand new Alan show, which we will be duty-bound to cover. Uh, Thanks once again, and uh, have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. From all of us at Monkey Tennis, thanks and goodbye. Monkey Tennis? It's knowing me, knowing you, with Alan Partridge. And Christ. Monkey Tennis? Please, please don't take my chat away from me. The crackers on fire above the pool! Monkey Tennis? My house is open, my mock-up house. Monkey Tennis? That is, that is a very nice action. Oh, Monkey tennis? 300k. 300k all it takes is a sky. Three years ago, hobnobs were probably the number one biscuit. Ho, ho, ho! Monkey tennis? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.